2: Oi, oi, Melon Farmers. This is the iGen UK podcast. This is episode 244 again. Are we doing episode 244 again? Yes, 244 Why doing again. episode 244 again? I'm Daniel Crooper. I'm joined by the beardy
0: Chris Tilly. Hello, pod people. And the magical Richard Burpard. Hello. Who's so magic that he-, he made last week's podcast, which we did record. He made it disappear, didn't you, Rich? I did. I'll make it come back. I couldn't <laughs> make it come back. I'll no, make it okay. come back. I'm not that good. So yeah, I guess we kick off with an apology because not only did we lose last week's podcast or we weren't able to publish it, but it was actually a really good one. I'm quite sad. It's probably the best one that's ever been recorded. No, but I was relaxed. (laughs) I had fun. I was engaged throughout. Banter banter was had and enjoyed by all. Yeah. Um, We did a good talking point, which maybe we won't say what it is because maybe we can use it in a future show there is some so, thought that the podcast maybe it's not
2: salvageable mm. but we were going to maybe put it out on the Igen UK podcast
1: Facebook group that, that. the listeners have Duck set hunt. up Duck Hunt yeah. Uh, and, to,
0: w- yeah. maybe explain what happened so
1: Rich. what happened is we've got a, a piece of kit called a TriCaster and it records <laughs> mm. it records our podcast is that um, kind of like
2: a visual audio mixer yeah well it's yeah, a yeah. It's,
1: it's a visual broadcast mixer oh, yeah, nice. if you like yeah. And basically, it went wrong. and went I was glitchy. a waste of money, wasn't it? I was a waste of 10 grand. Yeah. So we've got a very glitchy podcast, video and audio form, which you can have if you want, but there's just parts of it which are a bit unbearable to listen to. What, is it like stuttering?
0: Yeah. Mm. I think we should put it out there for the, the for people who really love the pod. But then we can't do that talking point again.
1: Well, you can't we really can't really hear we, it anyway, to We can,
0: we, yeah, <laughs> we, we just do it better. All right. Um, It'll be like... Dylan's basement tapes. So am I right in thinking you've still got a job here? Yeah. That's surprising to me that...
1: Yeah. Although we are looking for new video people. Oh, yeah. yeah. uh, (laughs) No, it's coincidence.
0: Let them do the podcast. (laughs) So, yeah, a massive, massive
1: apologies that there
0: was nothing to listen to last week. Mm. Sorry about that. Yeah, and we don't have any feedback this week because we did it all last week. No feedback. So, but we'll make this one doubly good to make up for it. That's a
2: lot of pressure now. So... What have been up to Apart from crying over The Lost Podcast Chris
0: Well I I Went um, to a very special Screening of Flash Gordon At the British Museum uh, Now you went last year Didn't you Dan To a screening there I did there? I went
2: to Last year as part of The BFI's Gothic season That ran from October to January I believe mm-hmm. um, They put on three um, Classic horror movies Outside on the lawn And I went to see The Mummy which is very cool because scenes of that—it's um, the Hammer Mummy—and uh, mm. take place in the British Museum. That's
0: cool. What did you see? Uh, I saw Flash Gordon, scenes of which do not take place inside the British Museum, but equally special. But you were sitting with the plebs. I sat in the VIP seats. Yeah, right. Uh, which meant that I got to sit by Michael Hodges, the director, who's a bit of a hero of mine, made Get Carter, uh, and um, Brian Blessed your best mate and I went and spoke to Brian Blessed and did a picture with him and had a chat and he swore loads he, taught, he told two sex stories just to me and my missus and then he went up on stage and told more sex stories and swore wow. uh, he swore so much and, and the, the guy had to apologise the host saying uh, thanks Brian for using the F word that many times at this family screening of the PG rated Flash Gordon and he kind of grabbed the microphone off him and swore some more <laughs> and it was just like this Is big he- burly cartoon character bounding around is he just always like that? Yeah, he's always like off. that. I, I've interviewed him once before, only over the phone, and then sp- spoken to a variety of people who've, who've met him, and he's always on. He's always like that, which I think would drive you, you mad he can't after. help swearing? No, he just, just he, he part loves of his... to swear great and you could just hear him going round. just every now and then you'd hear because he went and spoke to a few people he came out of the VIP area just to do pictures or whatever and do interviews and every now and then you'd hear from the distance of, Gordon's alive <laughs> like he just he loves doing it, that yeah. he doesn't mind doing it at all no I think he was doing an interview with the BBC and he did it at least twice during the interview <laughs> is Amazing. He like um, having his picture taken with people is he a nice yeah he was funny. Like, like, I was watching the celeb. BBC I think it was BBC and it was quite funny they did the interview and then they asked for a picture and then the publicist asked to get in the picture and then the cameraman asked if he put down his video camera and he Got in the bit like everyone wanted everyone a picture a of a blessed. blessed yeah he doesn't but the film was great it's it's it really is one of my favourite comic book movies because it's just it's way out there it's camp it's it and it looks like a comic book brought to life it's all these vivid prime colours and it's just it's crackers really but strangely adult material like there's a lot of s stuff underneath the surface that's quite Ooh. bizarre and there's a weird thing about Ming and his daughter you know clearly they've gotten it on and it's like as, this is as, weird as, in like a family Ming comic book that's good good pun but yeah if you haven't seen Flash Gordon check it out and and that was kind of uh, precursor to the BFI sci-fi season which is called Days of Fear and Wonder and that's running at the at the BFI on the South Bank but also at cinemas all across the country, all over the BBC iPlayer uh, the TV stations from October to December and I'm sure we're going to do lots on that nearer the yeah. time. They,
2: I don't think they've announced the um, specific screenings yet but you can register your interest and when like booking goes online yeah. but they've, they've named a lot of films that will be a part of it and there's a lot of yeah. biggies, some more interesting titles as well. Yeah. We should do TV stuff as well.
0: There's a um, there's a screening of 2001 I'm definitely going to go to because I've never seen that on the big screen and I've been kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And then another thing I was interested in is a documentary about Jerry Anderson. Oh, nice. Which I think would be it's having its world premiere, so maybe we'll do a review of that. Yeah.
2: Anyone awesome. else done anything? I, done, I, done, I just moved out with my flat, but that's not very interesting or pod worthy. No. So skip that. My, my
0: flat's on the market. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you a need to buy, a flat. yeah, get in touch with me direct or don't. Um, <laughs> Rich, you been up to anything? Nope. All right. So shall we
2: very much move on to news? <laughs> Do the, Let's news. Go on to the news? Some stuff has been happening in the tech world, Richard.
1: Yes, the tech world has been alive and well with the IFA happening in Berlin over. Um, well, this is going out on a Friday, so it will be two days ago. Um, <laughs> or or yeah, if you're yeah, listening or, or. in a year. Again. A year and two days. Yes. Are you listening
2: in listening in ten years? What's ten the, years in two days. What's the new Well, Okay,
1: so as we know, virtual reality is becoming increasingly popular and is with it? Facebook buying Oculus from mm-hmm. Rift as we know and Samsung has unveiled their um, version of their VR headset and it's called the Gear VR so along the same lines as the Galaxy Gear watch and all that kind of stuff that, that they're trying to get, get you to use with their phones um, so it's a wearable virtual reality device which is powered by Oculus it's got the same kind of technology that's so made it in association with Oculus yeah and okay. it, so it's got kind of like the the bubbled glass on the insides, which mm-hmm. is what you're looking through. Um, it's powered by the Galaxy Note 4. So this is the interesting thing about this, is it's kind of a self-contained unit. It's not hooked up to any wires. It's completely... So you pop your phone in it? Yep. It's got a little panel on the front, which you take off. Your Samsung Galaxy Note 4 goes in there. You pop it back on, and then that's actually what powers it. So all the brains are in in the actual device itself so you've got like your um, accelerometer your gyroscope your proximity center that's all in there and it basically just powers it from the phone are you getting this chris mm, interesting what do you think so you if you buy the
2: headset yeah. it's like a shell and then you pop your phone in it and that's the the the, the kind of electronics in.
1: that's it. the power yeah yeah that's what it gives it so you can turn your phone into a vr headset yeah it's pretty cool it's bonkers I mean, it comes preloaded with a couple of films. I think you've got, like, an Avengers thing on there, so you can pretend to be Tony Stark. There's a couple of games, like, space games in there. So, Have you mentioned anything about pricing on this? Because surely the headset, then, the phone's the expensive
2: part. You've already got that if you've got a Samsung Galaxy.
1: There's no word on price yet, um, but they're saying it's coming out this fall. so that's really close. It's kind of like a head cradle, isn't it? It's a
0: head-mounted cradle. The Mm. Samsung Galaxies are quite big and bulky, though. Yeah, and you're huge. going to attach that to your head. Well, well it the, goes what's on the, the front. Phone? Well, so. the phone's
2: like that, so you just right. slide it into okay, the panel. yeah, yeah. So w- basically that is
1: the screen.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: That's I'm intrigued. I need Imagine to look that. at get it. get on the tube and just, whoosh, there you go. They're obviously trying to connect it with games as well as films. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And the only kind of control that you can use at the moment is there's a touch panel on the side of it. And instead of using like a physical controller, so... Like Oculus Rift, where you'll have a, a controller, like, in front of you. Um, say, like, a 360 controller in front of you or whatever. Well, that's how they've been demoing it anyway. This doesn't have that, so I'm sure there'll be external controller support Use eventually. Your watch. Gear Watch. <laughs> yeah,
2: probably. Use Google Voice. Probably Bluetooth controller that you can pair with the phone anyway. Yeah,
1: but, but that's not kind of been talked about
2: yet. You know what I'm not looking forward to is people using VR in public spaces. Because mm, that's yeah. inevitable. Like, it's annoying enough that people... You drawing on the sofa? Hmm. What are you doing? Just just doodling. It's not school, Chris. Doodling. Um, People using that in public—it's annoying when people like take photos with iPads. I just can see people starting Mm. to use VR in public spaces that will be quite annoying.
1: On long journeys, I think. I think
2: think on a plane
0: or a train. I'm trying to think where else I'd use it. Bit weird in your living room, I think. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what the experience is. Great yeah, well, every couple of years I seem to go down and try out a demo of, of a of a new VR headset that never takes off. Oculus, it's is been going be on. off. It's been I know, it's been going on for years yeah. though, yeah, and, yeah. and I guess Oculus is the one that.
2: Like, well, I think it's like um, it'll take one that nails mm. it and makes it easy, and it's like it's an epiphany moment. It's like touchscreens and iPads and iPhones. Mm. Touchscreens were always terrible, like at train stations, so all that sort of thing, Like really rubbish. All the a stylus, and and then somebody did it. They did it well, and now touchscreens are just pretty much ubiquitous.
1: Mm. Yeah, it is hard to see virtual reality becoming so popular that everyone's kind of walking around with them on But I don't. But know. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? I don't. They'd... No.
0: So yeah, I do. What does it hold, Chris? Uh, it holds a new superhero movie.
2: And- they're going to make another superhero
1: movie see what i done there see that link that was a nice link um, so
0: Dwayne Johnson has been linked with the Shazam movie for about five years now and the question mark was always over if he was cast in the movie would he play uh, the good guy Shazam or would he play the bad guy Black Adam and we recently thought it was definitely Shazam because he kind of spoke to Total Film and, and did this very strange interview where he kind of said, I'm not going to say what it is, who I'm playing, but just say the word. And it made us all think, well, he's playing Shazam because that's the word that Billy Batson says to turn into the superhero character. But today uh, or yesterday, rather, or this week, even um, they announced <laughs> he announced on his Twitter and it got announced to variety as well that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is going to play Black Adam who is kind of the villain of the movie. So that's a slight surprise, but I think it's because we'd all kind of got used to the thought of him playing the hero. Mm. But um, he's kind of like a Shazam-like character, Black Adam. He's an Egyptian prince. Similar powers. Yeah, similar powers, which are like Superman's powers. He was a real baddie back in the day, but more recently they've kind of pitched him as kind of an anti-hero, trying to clear his name. And Am I right in saying that when when The Rock Johnson tweeted it, he used the hashtag anti-hero? He used the hashtag anti-hero. Uh... So, I think there's going to be a lot more to this than meets the eye, really, because you don't cast him in your superhero movie just to play the villain in one movie. So, I think this is going, going to be, be Black a, Adam spin offs or. Is he a Loki type? Yeah, uh, a Loki I've seen people type. make Loki um, comparison there, mm-hmm. or Magneta. Magneto. Magneto, uh, both of whom movies. haven't had a spin off movie yet, but may well do. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. But also, I mean, uh, G- Jim, and, Jim and Joshua had a chat about it on the site yesterday, and. Uh, they were talking about the fact that it's quite similar to past roles that the Rocks yeah. played. Yeah. Scorpion King and Hercules have pretty similar
1: backstories to Black Adam. Yeah. yeah, so I guess I guess that makes him a good fit. But equally, have we seen it all before? Well, he can definitely play a villain, even as the Rock in WWE. He was a good villain. In yeah, that, yeah, he's, well, he's, he's great, he's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like
2: the charisma. Like if you need another big star, like because you know some people might say that Henry Cavill is maybe not the you know the most charismatic of leads maybe Mm. you don't want that for Superman yeah The Rock has charisma in abundance
0: he does Mm. he's a likeable heel and I guess that's what this guy's going to be this character's going to be quite strange to see him and Jesse Eisenberg have a scene together Mm. I can't really imagine them on camera together. <laughs> yeah, well, um, they, they talked about the tone of the film. They've, they haven't really said whether it's going to be in the same universe as Batman v Superman, because tonally it sounds like it's going to be very different. Okay. It's going to, um, the uh, Who's this guy? Emmerich. Toby Emmerich, who's the New Line cinema president, said, um, It feels to me like Shazam will have a tone unto itself. It's a DC comic, but it's not a Justice League character and it's not a Marvel comic. The tone and the feeling of the movie will be different from the other range of comic books. Uh, movies. It will have oh. a sense of fun and a sense of humour but the stakes have to be real. They've got a guy called Darren Lemke doing the uh, screenplay and he did Shrek Forever After and Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, now I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> I want to see it now. But We won't read too much into
2: no, that. because you, uh, you often see that screenwriters have worked on some bad yeah. movies. It might not it's nothing to do with yeah, the script. I, yeah. I
0: remember hearing the Jack the Giant Slayer script was supposed to be very good, yeah, so. as well. But the film wasn't. Um, so now they've got to find a guy to play, you know, Captain Marvel, Shazam. It's, it's weird that it's not the kind of saying that it might not be linked to
2: the other movies. Mm. That's a, that they, they haven't said much either. They have no, the way. That's um, strange messaging because mm. one would just assume that it's going to be somehow part of the bigger universe. Who knows? Maybe they haven't decided.
0: Maybe they don't know. But we, they've got a <laughs> yeah, cast Shazam now, so any ideas as to who should play the goody, the superhero in this movie?
2: No, I don't really know much about Shazam in general. I'm mm. a, I've am more of ai always been more of a Marvel boy, mm. but he used to be called Captain Marvel, didn't he? He did. And then there was a court ruling where they had to rename the character because Marvel, oh, Captain Marvel.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a shame because I like the name Captain Marvel. But um, our guys in the States suggested Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess it'd re- reunite the G.I. Joe cast. Yeah. Uh, Joshua liked Rob Riggle. Really? I can see you because he's supposed to be quite,
2: I guess, if they're going for that lighter tone as well. Yeah.
0: And he's really a man because it's kind of like a, com- a superhero version of Big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a kid. It's a kid Who- in a man's body. So I guess you've got to have someone that's got a sense of fun and like a, child- a childlike kind of innocence to them. Which I think Channing Tatum definitely has because yeah. he, yeah, he, he plays dopey quite well, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. And maybe Rob Riggle has. He's certainly got a, f- a, f- a twinkle in his eye. And he, I tell you what, he's belie- he'll be believable in the action scenes because he used to be a soldier. Who did? Uh, Rob Riggle, yeah. Really? For years, yeah. He's only just left, the, like I think his National Guard maybe. And he has been all the way through his Hollywood career. He's been uh, taking Please. time off to, wow. to, wow. to serve in the National Guard. So he's proper tough. I think yeah. This sounds like a strange project to me. It does, but you know what? It sounds I, uh, different. Like just I, I, want different. No, it
2: sounds Like I wonder if they are going to pitch it more at younger audience because it's just a weird project. Because of all the characters to come out with next, it's definitely I don't think one of the more recognisable. Mm. I suppose Green Lantern flopped a bit. Yeah, yeah. So I just thought Flash. We'd hear a Flash announcement first, or Aquaman.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Well, have we got any more superhero news,
2: Daniel? We do indeed, Christopher. Nice link again. Um, so, we know Doctor Strange is happening even though it's kind of not been officially announced still. I think it's still not it been not? officially. Didn't say it at Comic-Con. Um, we know Scott Derrickson is directing it though mm-hmm. and lots of actors are in the line to play Stephen Strange. One of the... One of them that's quite strongly tipped is Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Now, there's a report um, out there that one of the reasons why we've not heard more on the movie is they're having trouble locking down the lead actor Mm. and Joaquin Phoenix in particular because he might be balking at the prospect of doing a multi-picture deal. He's not yeah. that kind of actor. He's been more selective in the roles he's picked throughout mm. his career. He's never been kind of part of a big franchise. Mm. Secondly, I think there's some concerns about whether Joaquin Phoenix can do this type of mu- movie. He's obviously a great actor if you see The Master or pretty much any of these films. Mm. He's a great actor. Whether he can do special effect work, whether he can do CGI, whether he can work in those kind of environments. And I think that's why Marvel, that's what the rumor is, that's why Marvel have kind of
1: not announced him as Doctor Strange yet. Mm. interesting I can see him as Doctor Strange I mean he's, he's got a very odd personality hasn't he <laughs> he's, just, he's, he's just weird he's a complicated yeah.
2: character I would yeah say. that's the right word no, no complicated thing, he's, I think. he's
1: just an amazing actor he
2: is it would be a massive coup for them but it's a weird thing to say if this, I, I if this is if this is true that Oh, we we have doubts about him whether he can do pre-vis and like mm. fight scenes on green screen. If he's if he's a great actor, yeah, exactly. That is
0: acting. That's a weird thing to say. That is, <coughs> that is just acting. Again, this
1: mm. is a
2: rumor. This isn't yeah. coming from Marvel or anywhere mm. official. That that is the essence of acting. I remembering um, what um, Ian McKellen says to Ricky Gervais's character in in Extras. He goes, "What do I do, I'm, I imagine myself as that character in that scene." <laughs> And then I say the lines that are written, <laughs> and that is acting. That is my method. <laughs> and
1: surely yeah. Joaquin
2: Phoenix can be an actor in front of a green screen. The other thing is, I'm sure he's done theatre before. Yeah, yeah. So, it's
1: very strange. It depends if he bounces well off people, Like if, if that's yeah. his preferred method, I guess. It's a very
0: strange thing to, 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 to leak out, um, but... We we did a superhero show on casting Doctor Strange. This is a great actor, and I think yeah. he was. I think he was my You're, pick. Yeah. I think my my other my other favorite was Daniel Day Lewis, but I thought he'd never do it. But Joaquin Phoenix was the one I thought if they yeah. could do it, like he just seems like the most interesting choice. Yeah, he really does. Oh, I, I hope they can sort that out yeah. because I think the movie becomes much more interesting if you've got an actor had like him. him. On board,
2: like that's incredible. Yeah, like this um that monologue he does in the Master. Imagine mm-hmm. him doing something like that
1: as Doctor Strange. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully that turns around. Cool. Well, it's true even. Even if there is a remote possibility of him playing that role, mm-hmm. I'd like to see it, which leads me on very nicely to the next piece of news. We'll, we'll be the judge of that. Remote play. Do you get it? Uh, mm. It feels yeah. a bit forced, but let's, Was let's, that a go. Bit force? right. let's go with it. I'll work on it. So PS4 remote play is hitting Sony devices, namely the Xperia Z3 uh, compact um, yeah, so uh, the Xperia Z3 and the Xperia Z3 Compact and the Xperia Z3 tablet, which were announced easy at the easy IFA. To I know. Okay. So um, <laughs> as we know, we've got remote play on the Vita already, uh-huh. which allows you to play games over your home Wi-Fi in a different room. Um, if, you've, if your PS4 is turned on, you just pause it, go into another room and play it on your Vita. So now this is coming to the Sony tablets. So you'll be able to do the same thing. Only Sony tablets and phones. That's the issue.
2: And they said they had no intent of bringing it to Android or iOS. So I just, you know... It's really closed off, isn't it? Yeah, but it's obviously the secret weapon. And I can't imagine it making anyone buy a Sony tablet instead of an iPad, really, or Mm. an Android tablet, if that's what they wanted. And
1: it's obviously a cool selling point for the phones and stuff, but... Mm. I just can't imagine people really the only way I can see it being a possibility is if someone has the Z3 phone and you can play it outside of your home network or if they're really into it if they're really into gaming and they want to play it on a a long commute to work every day being able to play it on your phone that way
2: I just don't but the experience will be shonky Mm. even if you're out on the phone and uh, you're playing PS4 on your commute it's not going to look great you might as well play a Vita yeah or just not bother. Like, I really don't think... Like, I just don't think it'll be that good. It's as simple as that. No. I, just don't, I just don't think it, the quality would be that good to warrant buying a Sony phone, particularly for this niche feature that won't function that well out and about. Like, yeah.
1: So it's only in your home, home Wi-Fi network. And, you know, if you're constricted to your home, then just play it on your TV. You can play... You can do remote play, like, over...
2: Externally. Like from like from the office, mm. but I don't know whether they'll close that at some point. Yeah. Um, you're gonna get an iPad, aren't you?
1: Yeah. It's the but, better but, device. But then
2: they'll never bring it to iPad because I don't. Because then I just think they're t- the like the bottom falls out of their tablet market. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then you're basically emitting defeat.
1: Mm. But I mean, surely it's going to come eventually. It doesn't have to. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like it, it would. There'll be a lot of demand for it if it works. To, tablet, uh, to iOS and Android. I, I can
2: imagine PlayStation now coming to other tablets, but you might do it after a couple of years just to see whether you can drum up interest in your kind of native tablet market. Yeah.
1: But interesting news, I mean, the, these phones and tablets, they're super high spec. They've got really impressive um, specs to them, and like the cameras are insanely good, and but they're they're just not, there's just something missing from them that I feel you get with an iPhone. Do you know what I mean? Like You get like a, a certain experience when you use an iPhone rather than using one of these... Well, the reason...
2: Well, I don't know. Because they're Android-based, so... like, I don't know. We're talking in circles here, I think, really. But mm. you're just saying you hate Sony and you need to get over it, Rich.
1: Hey, I don't hate Sony. I just don't like their phones. Okay. Or tablets. But there you go. Remote Play um, is hitting Xperia Z3. Good.
0: There you go. <laughs> cool. Alright, so moving on, uh, this week we have a film coming out called The Guest, which I really very much liked, Uh, it's got Dan Stevens of Downton Abbey fame, playing uh, a mysterious stranger who comes into the life of this family and messes things up, and it all turns violent and weird, but the film kind of starts out as a thriller, and then turns into a black comedy, and then it goes way off in another direction, in a totally different genre, so it got me thinking about genre mashups because we're seeing more and more of them these days and I'm wondering, do we like them? Which ones do we like? What don't we like? What shouldn't Hollywood do? What should Hollywood be doing? So guys, I'm opening up to you guys. What genre mashups in the movie world have you liked? Dan?
2: Um, I suppose it's kind of the one the most successful genre kind of hybrids that's been around for a while is horror comedies. It's kind of a rich vein. And there's some bad ones. Um, what was the one a few years ago with James Corden? The Lesbian, lesbian Vampire. Vampire Killers. That was, that was terrible. Yeah. But there's also been very good ones. And I, one of my favourite films growing up as a kid, and it's one of those like, naughty pleasures that I probably shouldn't have seen, was Peter Jackson's Braindead, mm. which is a really kind of nasty, grisly splatter film. But it's also hilarious. And the first time I saw it was, I was staying over at my cousin's house, and he had... My other cousin um, had a friend over to stay, and I looked into the room to see what they were watching. And it was the scene where the priest is kicking ass for the Lord, and he's doing this kung fu. I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because I was probably like eight, and I was kind of walking into the room, and they didn't want me to be there because I was eight, and they were fifteen and really cool because they were in a band. And I was like, "Why is this? Why is it, why is there a priest beating up zombies?" And they're like, "You're too young to watch this." And then years later, I watched it, and I just something about. I don't think it undermines the horror in the film because it's still pretty grisly and full on. And it's not a scary, scary film, but it's some pretty disgusting things. It's kind of a disgust film, really. It's Mm. a gore film. But I think the comedy makes that film way better. Without the comedy element, I think it's pretty average. Yeah, But the comedy, like when the zombies start trying to like hump each other on the dining room table stuff mm. like that it's, it's really funny um so that's definitely one of my favorite horror comedies I,
0: I guess horror and comedy make kind of good bedfellows don't they well there's actually there's like a lot of kind of screaming and laughing kind of go hand yeah. in hand sometimes when you're yeah, in the cinema well, yeah like there's a lot of academic
2: essays on why the two genres kind of intersect nicely like sometimes you find when you watch a really scary film with an audience people will laugh to kind of slightly just kind of
1: purge mm. the fear I found that, like, when watching The Evil Dead, it's so horrific that the only thing you can do is kind of just, be like, oh, my God. That's, that's, like, that's kind of the ho- horror comedy again.
2: I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm talking about, like, in a really, really p- purely horror film where it's trying to scare you, the way that you relieve the tension of being scared and on edge is you'll, like, you'll hear people, like, tittering mm. just because they know something's coming. Yeah.
0: And it's, just, it's almost a way of venting the fear. It's funny, having got to know a few horror directors and watched films, watched them watch their films, like stand at the back of cinemas at early screenings, it's the same reaction the director has to like a a comedy director waiting for the laughs. Like they're all excited and they're cracking up. The the more the audience screams, the the happier they become. Mm, It's it's quite a similar, it's it's a similar reaction you're trying to elicit from the audience. Um, There's a really good one coming out called Housebound, actually, which I spoke about probably was it like it was probably last week was yeah. it in the lost one last week yeah. <laughs> yeah so look out for that i think it's going to come out in october but that's very like peter jackson mix of mix of fun. it's from new zealand as well
1: have you got what about you rich
0: what, yeah there's what
1: a springs to mind there's a few are like so um got like shaolin soccer mm-hmm. which is a good little mashup. so you got a mix of of a uh, football soccer film and martial arts film um just really crazy cartoon kind of um like visual effects in there uh, like, taking the basics of of a football game, like soccer moves, and just really making them so elaborate and crazy that it just really works on screen, I think. That's Stephen Chow, mm. who actually did maybe my favourite
0: one because it's there's so much he mashes up. Have you seen Kung Fu Hustle? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got, like, a really violent gangster film. You've got um, a Busby Berkeley-style musical Yeah, with musical numbers. You've got... Um, serious martial arts going on hmm. and it's really funny yeah but there's also kind of some Looney Tunes inspiration going on there like it's like a cartoon as well definitely
1: yeah he's brilliant at
0: mixing stuff up
1: really good yeah I enjoyed both those films quite a lot um, yeah I think that's probably one of my favourite mashups Sean Soccer, how about you? um the the one that springs to mind when i think about that is from dust till dawn just
0: because it's so weird the way it just straight down the middle it's it's it, they don't mix up they don't mix the genres there's just a crime caper like a you know tarantino crime movie and then full on vampire horror and it's just weird it just Literally happens in the blink it's of an eye. The two night. cars, mm.
2: like, welded together. Yeah. Like you look at from the front. It was almost like that, um, Father Ted moment when they're looking at the car from the front and it looks like a normal car. You go around back and it's all, like, dinged in. Yeah.
0: And it's like, what's
1: happened That's
2: such a weird
0: thing to do, but I was quite brave of them. So
2: what's the point in a mashup? Like is, is there kind of a synergy going on here? Or do certain genres kind of overlap? For instance, like, another one that's kind of name-checked a lot is... Um, sci-fi and westerns yeah there's certain things about Loans. the kind of like
0: why they kind of are compatible but I guess some work and some don't so maybe the question is why do some work and why why do some why didn't Cowboys and Aliens work when it should have done when it had all uh, it would you'd feel like you had all the ingredients there a good director great movie stars uh, a huge amount of money they could spend on it to make it look amazing it was just boring Mm. That felt to me like it should have been a Western or, or a science fiction film, but when they mixed the two together, it just felt odd and out of yeah, place. Yeah, it, it kind of works well
2: when the Western kind of tropes and themes are transplanted and done in space. Mm. It, it doesn't sit that that's a more uneasy hybrid, though. I think that's more crude. Yeah, like you're literally going, Oh, well, we've got a Western here, a Western setting, so it's superficially a Western. But I don't remember that film being kind of using the tropes of the patterns of a Western where you've got, like I don't know, like encountering other people and stuff like making particular journeys and stuff like that. Stands mm. It just seems like, oh, let's throw down some aliens mm, into a yeah. Western
0: setting, which seems slightly less sophisticated. Yeah. Westworld was a good one, but maybe that's a full on sci-fi that they just sprinkled a little bit of Western on top of it. And it's maybe become known as a Western, but I guess you've got Rome in there and there's loads of other stuff going on in Westworld. Back to the Future Three, that genre mashup. It's just a Back know. to the Future it's film. It's Back to the it? Future in
2: the trappings of a western. Yeah, I, I think this is where it's quite difficult. Obviously, this is not exact science. No, no, it's kind of you just going on gut feeling. Yeah, but there's some that kind of just use a setting or this like the cloth of a certain
0: genre. Mm. But on a deeper level, it's just a standard film. Mm. Um, there's one that's quite good fun that's coming out soon called Stage Fright. I think it's called and that's kind of like Glee crossed with a slasher movie and it's quite good fun because the songs in it are really they've taken both sides of it seriously so the violence is really full on but the music is you know it's for the most part it it is a musical and the music the songs are really good Meatloaf's in it singing a song and um Minnie Driver sings a song she's quite good but um yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it's when it feels natural. Like, I, I think it really feels natural in Shaun of the Dead to have the horror mixed with comedy, mixed with romance. I guess no one had really done romance in, a, in, a, in that kind of movie. And that, it felt like guys, you know, the, the guys who made that felt like they understood all three genres really well and were able to combine them without it feeling forced mm. at all. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but- and none, none of those is kind of underserviced. I think you forget the kind of the romance line in Shaun of the Dead because you, you remember maybe more mm. of the gratuitous of scenes. Yeah. But it is serviced pretty well, trying to get the girl back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, all the way through. How about video games? Has this come up much in video games, mashing up genres? Oh, God, you put me on the spot
2: there. Um, I suppose one that comes to mind, just because we're talking about Westerns, is doing Red Dead Redemption. Mm-hmm. Like Rockstar always are kind of deeply influenced by genre. Genre cinema is a big thing for them, like yeah. it's throughout GTA series, and Red Dead Redemption. It is a proper western, like it, it. The stories, the missions you go on, are all kind of hark back to traditional plots in westerns. The shots that are taken directly from like The Searchers. There's a shot where John Morrison stands in the doorway, mm. just like in The Searchers. And then for the DLC, they introduced the zombies. And they did a very kind of, it felt like an exploitation film, like a really exploitative concept. Why don't we throw, do a zombie western? And it was probably one of my favorite bits of DLC of all time. because hmm. it really got the fact that it was doing a very B-movie concept mm. and it really hammed it up. They even got the digital actors almost like ham up their performances. So it all kind of works and tied together. And you had like, you know, the coloring, the, the artwork they did for it looked like an old kind of exploitation po- poster. So I think that's probably one one that immediately springs to mind. And it's probably one of the best piece of D- DLC out there because mm. it was made by someone who gets a genre mm. and understands why, how, how basically how you would pitch that. So I can imagine another company trying to do a bit of DLC where they go, "Let's just put zombies in our game." Mm. Yeah. And it would literally be the same game presented in the same way.
0: But I think they knew how to pitch it to the audience. I'm surprised more people haven't. Yeah. I thought that you would have just been seen, seen zombies thrown into everything like they have been in films yeah. and comics lately. Yeah, there's lots of zombie games around,
2: but mm. um, they did it where it felt like what they were... By using zombies, they weren't just going, oh, let throw loads of zombies in. They were really kind of um, tying in the kind of Ramiro kind of vibe mm. and the, like, the poster
1: art and stuff like that.
0: Mm. I want to play that one then. It's really good.
2: I've yeah. got a copy on my desk if you want to have a look. Cool. It's cool.
1: I've got another film, actually, which I'm sure he likes. Uh, about Time. Yep. So 2013 film. So it's, it's kind of like romance sci-fi, mm. which is really good. Have you both seen it? I've seen About Time. Yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. About yeah. Time. So it's a British film, Richard Curtis film. Yeah. Um, It's got great actors in it. I can't, I can't remember. The Irish guy. It's got his name. Yeah. yeah. Dom Hall. That's it. Dom yeah. Hall Gleason mm-hmm. and Rachel McAdams. And it's about a guy who... Um, Realizes uh, who finds out that when he's twenty-one, he can start time traveling, and so he kind of goes back to when he, f- to when he first meets this girl, and then gets it wrong over and over again until he finally gets it right, and then obviously there's a spanner in the works where he can no longer uh, travel back in time for a certain reason, which I won't give away. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a per- it was a perfect balance of time travel and y- mm. y- your classic kind of romance, British romance drama because. It didn't feel out of place at all. I thought it was really well balanced. I don't know how they did it like that because, you know, normally you'd think it doesn't fit, it doesn't work. But um, I wasn't thinking, why can he travel back in time? It was like, yeah, this just fits. I really yeah, enjoyed it.
2: I, I think it's quite a sweet movie. Like, mm. it's. Uh, that's kind of like high concept
0: comedy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, I suppose. What were we going to say, Chris? No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was thinking that there's, there's a film called Somewhere in Time, actually, which you might, if you like that, you'll like that. Probably it's it, that's another romance that's about time that travel Freeth? as well.
2: Yeah, that's a Richard Matheson short story. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's Groundhog novel. Day has an element of if it's not time travel, it's kind of you know that's romance and sci-fi like a high concept yeah. idea. And there's one I, another one I recommend is Outlander, which no one I've went never to seen Outlander. It's not bonkers. Yeah, it was really good. It came out five years ago, and it's weird. Like it's got really good actors in it. It's it's um. John Hurt Ron Perlman Jim Caviezel and it's Vikings versus Aliens and it worked where Cowboys versus Aliens doesn't Cowboys and Aliens rather this one does Outlander does and it should have been a bigger hit and it should have spawned sequels it's what a really cool it movie uh, it just works for some reason you really like it's fun watching the Vikings trying to deal with this modern technology and trying to understand it and just, just the larger than life performances in it, and, and, and the effects although it's quite low budget it all kind of pulls together Mm. I recommend that one but maybe we should open it up to our audience
2: yes yeah, so, and we also need some feedback we're in desperate need of feedback
0: we've rushed yep. through the sack and it's all empty if we don't get any feedback Daniel will die yeah oh he's fading away you fade, you've been fading away like, back like, to the future like the back to the future photograph
2: yeah um, so please send in your feedback
0: also always to
2: IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com uh, that incredibly memorable and pithy email address so we look forward to reading all your emails this week Um, please write in so we could do a reader review section next week (laughs) so until next week we're going to be playing and watching stuff this weekend what is out of the cinema chris
0: uh at the cinema this week is the film sex tape which stars jason siegel and cameron diaz and they did the most amazing piece of publicity this week by having the icloud Reveal all these yeah. se- these nude photos of celebrities. Amazing tie-in. I, I bet they couldn't believe their look Yeah, yeah. amazing tie-in. Because uh, I believe that the, the, the sex tape that they record is through the iCloud that it ends yeah. up on all their f- their friends' you know, um, you know iPads. What, what do you? No- do you know the ridiculous way that all their
2: friends can see this? Yeah, mate, it's a terrible plot. Because they've bought all their friends' iPads yeah. for
0: Christmas. Yeah, who buys gets, their friends' Who are these an relatable iPad? characters he, that have bought 50 of their friends' iPads? But hasn't iPads? he got. He's been given loads of iPads as gifts and he's re gifting or something. Like, oh. none of it makes any sense. Also, those weird Jason Segel being really thin.
1: He lost loads of weight because he was self-conscious about taking the shirt off. Well, I would, oh, do, really? in front of Cameron
0: Diaz. Yeah. Yeah, I'll
1: I'm, be doing all right, Br- Brent. Suck <laughs> in the gut. Uh, we
0: gave it a 7.0 and that's, said it was... That's a, quite high. said it was a good date movie. Make of that what you will. Blame, blame <laughs> Jim if you didn't like it. Uh, they Came Together, which is a spoof comedy, which I reviewed, actually. Uh, it's Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. And it's kind of very much Naked Gun Airplane okay but an even thinner plot than those What's movies the setting? have it's set in new york it's it's a spoof of romantic comedies what well, like woody allen yeah. stuff yeah and it's i mean it is funny that, that you know that those films it's got more hits than misses in terms of joke there's a joke every 30 seconds some of them are a bit dumb some of them are a bit crude but uh the two actors are really likeable and yeah there, there is there's enough material there for them to mine but it's very paper thin. Like you'll, it's one of those films you forget about 30 seconds after you've watched it. Uh, The film called Before I Go to Sleep uh, coming out, which we haven't got a review of. um, And I don't know if we will have, but um, it stars Colin Firth, Nicole Kidman and Mark Strong. And it's kind of like 50 First Dates, but if it was a thriller uh, based on a best-selling book. I read the book. I've seen the movie. I'd read the book. The film doesn't quite nail it, but yeah, Nicole Kidman wakes up every day with her memory wiped. She's got this strange amnesia and, uh, her husband's Colin Firth and he has to kind of re-educate her every day as to who she is. And then she starts suspecting that maybe he's not all that he seems, this man. So it's, it's a nice setup. The payoff isn't brilliant in the movie. It's better in the book. And then finally the guest, which I mentioned earlier, um, Dan Stevens it's a really cool fun genre mashup Um, that's the film you should go and see this weekend I Mm. gave it a 7.8 and thoroughly enjoyed
2: big fan big fan yeah we've also got a review commentary on site as well so you can see me and you having a bit more of an in-depth chat we have a chinwag
0: about it plus an interview with Dan Stevens in which I ask him if he'll play Bond and he bats the questions away without asking Hmm. and once you've looked at all that go on YouTube and watch the <laughs> interview he did this week with Susanna Reid on Good Morning Britain because it's very funny what she says to him yeah from it's 145 Susanna it's a bit rude but why did she not understand why it was funny she's
2: too innocent don't tarnish Susanna with your dirty thoughts. I won't she's a
0: Crystal Palace fan so I love her but I, I love her for different reasons. That was ridiculous.
2: <laughs> How about the games this week? So we're still in a holding pattern before the big releases come out later this month, October, November. So this week we've got Minecraft coming eventually to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One you kind of know everything you need to know about that game I guess because it's been out on every single platform mm. but Minecraft coming to next gen consoles finally and then the other big game coming out this week and we still don't have a review of it on site because it's a review in progress and EA got us the game when it came out which is Sims 4 so Sims loads of new improvements uh, much more in depth character customization than ever before but we're going to have review in progress thoughts each day this week so if you want to like know where we're at, what we think of the game, check the site but Sims 4 is out now
0: Cool. I will look forward to playing that. Yes. I think that's about it, guys, isn't it? Yeah. So hopefully
2: this podcast Mm. has recorded and you've made it this far. I'm sorry if it hasn't, but then you won't be able to hear this. I've made
0: precautions as
1: well. If it hasn't, you've made
0: precautions. If it doesn't work out, then next week we will be flogging Rich Bear Park for the first two minutes of the pod. (laughs) Brilliant. Flogging him
2: off. (laughs) Beating him off. (laughs) Beating him off. (laughs) (laughs) Beating off some stiff competition
0: great alright well yeah (laughs) I don't get it on that bombshell uh, thanks for tuning in best pod ever